0818-083-702. Call Googs on 011-883-0702. 10 minutes after 8 o'clock, time for us to talk parenting. And on the tail end of the Easter holidays this morning, we're chatting to human potential and parenting expert Nikki Bush on how to give your children a playroom experience even if you don't have one. Nikki, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Gooks. So when we talk about a playroom, what exactly do we mean? Well, a playroom is one of those absolute luxuries that children born in a big home where there's that extra room have a dedicated room for their games and toys. And there was a time when all rooms, all, all, all big houses had an extra room. But today we've got much smaller dwellings and there isn't an extra room in most homes. And yet we still need to give children a playroom experience. And this has become harder and harder to achieve the smaller our properties and the busier our parents are. Because one of the things that we love is a tidy house. And so as soon as children start playing, play is generally quite a messy business. They're unpacking toys, they're spreading things around, and before they even hit their creative stride, mum or dad is coming to say, pack up, tidy up, and that's the end of a child's creative experience. Mm. Uh, A couple of years ago, there was a, 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 um, a detergent brand that had a whole campaign around how dirt and mess is good. Um, how kids should be encouraged to to be messy, to get dirty, because apparently that's good for them. And it's interesting that you say, just as kids are kind of getting into play, it's getting a bit messy, someone's going to say, okay, all right, pack up your toys, it's, you know, enough of that. But why is mess so important? What is mm-hmm. happening in that messiness for kids? So it's an interesting thing when you look at learning and creativity. It does not happen in a straight line. It happens in pieces. And then over time, we connect the dots. We connect the pieces. So um, the concept of pulling things apart and putting them back together again is deeply embedded in how we as human beings and our children actually learn. So children have to have the opportunity to pull things apart. In fact, if you think about babies, as soon as they're at sitting stage and you have them sitting in a kitchen, one of the first things they'll do is pull out all the pots and pans and the Tupperwares from the cupboard and they'll make fun out of nothing um, just by banging and crashing and putting things in and taking them out. But there's a lot of deep processing that's actually going on there as they're matching the the lid top pot to the top, Um, you know, all of those sorts of things and putting things inside and taking them out. And so play is a process of exploration And because it takes time, this is something that adults need to really, really understand. You know, as an adult, you have the luxury if you're, say, working on a computer or a laptop and you start a process. Say you are writing a letter to somebody or you are writing a strategy for your team. You can start writing your document. Then you can go off and make a cup of tea 
and then you can come back and you can add to what you were doing. And then you might have to go and fetch your children from school. And then you come back and you add some more. And then maybe it's dinner time and you're cooking and then you have to get the kids to bed. And then you go to bed and, hey, the next day you come back to your process and you finish it off. And what's happened in the intervening breaks is that your brain has got on with the job even though you're not in front of your computer and it has connected the dots, solved the problem, found a different way to approach the situation and it's turned the issue around in your head over and over and over again. So you can see the benefit of time in a process. But children are actually very rarely allowed to just shoot the breeze because if you think about it they go to school and everything at school is timed then they come home or they go to go to sport or whatever it is that they do after school it's timed it has a beginning it has an end Mm. then they come home and everything is timed now it's it's bath time it's supper time it's homework time it's it's bedtime so the clock rules everything but occasionally we need to give our children the luxury of unfettered time so that they can revisit their creative ideas over and over again without having to pack up before they've even begun. So the playroom itself in one way is about a physical room, a space where, you know, kids who have the immense privilege of having this room can go and have uninterrupted time. But even without the space, so even if you don't have the room, you don't have the additional space to give, it's also about how do you allow your kids time to themselves, unstructured time to pick things apart, to play around, to... Is, am I understanding that correctly? So, yes. yes, on one hand, if you have the option of a room, that is great. We know that many people simply do not. But it is about how do you create this time for kids to, to play? That's right. So, um, the first thing is that if you don't have a playroom, which this will apply to the majority of our listeners right now, it's very rare to have an ex- extra room in the house that you can dedicate for play. What you can do over this long weekend, and that's why I actually introduced this concept this weekend, is something that I used to do with my kids, is pick a corner of a room, or maybe you have a patio, or in some homes you might have a family room and a lounge, and the lounge very rarely gets used. Um, But even if you don't have a space that doesn't get used often, create a corner of a patio or a corner of your family room. And if your children are really young, you can even use masking tape to demarcate the corner where they have at least like at least a meter by a meter. If you can give them that, maybe two meters um, by a meter. And that is their dedicated play space for this weekend. In other words, Saturday, Sunday and Monday, they can bring their toys into that space and they can make as much creative mess as they like in that space. We're not talking about paints and crowns and things here. We're talking about things like Lego, building blocks, the farm animals, the plastic food, the dolls, the cars, um, the doctor set, the train set, those things that get kept in little plastic suitcases or boxes and strangely enough 
are not often accessible to children because we put them high up in a cupboard somewhere where they can't reach them and allow them to play in that demarcated space and not have to tidy it up until Sunday 5 o'clock or Monday 5 o'clock. You decide when it's going to be. But I want our parents to witness their children's brilliance and creativity in action over time, over the next couple of days. And of course there are boundaries. You've given them a boundary by demarcating the area with the, the masking tape. This is where you're going to play, and I'm not going to ask you to tidy up in half an hour's time. In fact, for the whole weekend, you can keep coming back here and adding to your creation. But... On Monday at 5 o'clock, we're all going to come and tidy up together. So there's a beginning and there's an end, but there's a big extended middle. And the interesting thing is to watch what happens in the middle. Because you're going to watch the play change. Because you're not going in half an hour after they've opened their box of Lego to say, tidy up now, tidy up now. <laughs> because they're so used to that. But what you want to see is their minds wandering and then coming back the next morning and changing their construction or their creation so that there is some flow. Because something new is always possible when children are able to come back and revisit what they've started. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they get stuck, you know. Um, you might have a young child who's building a train set and Maybe they need your help if they're four or five years old. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a bit of a cold this morning. Um, they might need your help. But they might wake up the next morning and change the configuration of what they built. And that symbolizes a shift in their thinking, a growth in their processing. And so give your child time and space for their creativity to flow. And there's always this tension again between, again, I think wanting to give children space and time, but also if you have a very, for instance, if you have very little space, um, how do you then kind of uh, resist the urge to, you know, you say, for instance, they need time to start a thing, go to bed, come back to it, um, maybe tinker with it a bit more, go away, come back to it. How do you then balance that with the need for just a little bit of order? Say <laughs> this kind of space you are able to offer is in the lounge next to the TV. There isn't a lot of space. And so you kind of give that little corner in the lounge. Um, and you can't really have Lego or toys or uh, uh, dolls uh, kind of in the middle of the room. How do you balance that, which I think is a, you know, is the reality for a lot of homes is that if we're thinking about this tiny, even if it is a tiny little space, it's probably in a space that's already being used by everyone else or that already has a use. So how do you kind of balance that, the need oh. for this unstructured time to, to encourage flow, but also that it is, it's a working space. It's, it's a room we use every day. That's right. So, um, you know, that's why I'm saying use the masking tape because children are concrete learners. So if you demarcate it with the masking tape, they know exactly where they can and cannot play. And <clears throat> they need to keep their play stuff within that area. Obviously, <clears throat> this might mean for the weekend that you shift your couch by half a meter or 30 centimeters, just 
a little bit this way or a little bit that way, that you take the, maybe the, the corner little um, table with the, with the light um, that's next to the couch, maybe that gets moved into the bedroom just for this weekend and your children have that little corner that's maybe not in the workspace. You don't want this to be in the workspace, you know, between the, the kitchen walking in front of the TV through to the patio sliding door. You don't want to make it in a walkway. You want to make it in a corner where people won't generally walk and that might mean you have to shift things around a little bit for the weekend. You know, mess and style do not go together. And we sacrifice creative spaces for our children at the altar of tasteful interior decor sometimes. And maybe for this weekend, we can just shift our brains, shift our heads around this idea of giving our children the ability or the privilege of some uninterrupted playtime. And I know we don't want mess in our homes. And I'm not advocating that your whole house has to be a mess. But just dedicate a corner, not in a walkway, just a corner, even if you have to move some furniture out the way, just for a whole day. It, maybe it's not three days. Maybe it's the whole of today. And at the end of Saturday at 5 o'clock this afternoon, we'll tidy up. I promise you, children um, who generally have to tidy up within 30 minutes of having to play are going to be so flabbergasted that you're giving them time and that you're giving them space. Mm. And, and also... Sorry. No, carry on. Just acknowledge their process because the attention game, as we've discussed before, is the biggest game in town. So when you see your children bringing out the dolls and the Lego and the cars and the animals and the food and the doctor kit and everything else, just notice it and just say, oh, I see you bringing out your dolls. Oh, I see you bringing out your animals. You don't have to go and ask them what are they doing. Don't go and break their creative process by getting them to tell you exactly what's going on. Just be an observer for once and just be interested. You can, you can acknowledge by just making a comment, but don't ask them, what is that? What are you doing? Because part of the creative process is allowing children to create what they want to create in their own time. Mm. And which was going to be, I guess, part of what I wanted to ask is what happens when kids don't get that opportunity to to play, to bang away at their ideas, to just kind of figure things out? Um, you know, there's this idea of creative maturity. What does a lack of having that space uh, do for creative maturity? Well, let's think about the kind of world we're bringing our children up in. Firstly, smaller living spaces. Secondly, they have less time for free play because they're enrolled in more and more extramural activities which keep them ultra busy. In other words, they're not making fun out of nothing. With many children today, they come to their parents and they say, I'm bored. And these are often children have plenty of toys and plenty of books and games, but they don't know how to show initiative to actually get going on their own because they are so used to adults telling them what to do and when because they're doing more and more supervised activities and they're becoming more reliant on an adult telling them what to do and using the adult's ideas as opposed to discovering their own fountain of creativity. So um, that, is, that kind of sets the scene 
for why children are unable to use their creativity and initiative. But the impact on that is that the world actually needs creative thinking and problem solving. And that comes from breaking the rules and being wacky and not doing things, not necessarily building the Lego set according to the instructions in the booklet, but using their imagination and free play to build something else. And there's space for both. We need our children to learn to play things by the rules, to learn to copy a design, copy a pattern, but we also need for our children to have the confidence and the creativity to do something, to build something out of their own imagination. And imagination is in short supply today. Mm. And, you know, there's also this idea that kids who are doing more supervised activities often then don't rely on their own ideas. They don't rely on their own sort of thoughts. Um, They rely on other people. Well, you actually see it often. As they're doing something, they're looking at what everybody else is doing to make sure they're doing the same. And what we want is for our children to be unique and do their own thing. And that starts in the home with encouraging them to use their imagination, to use their creativity. So when your child is um, doing something like at the kitchen counter, maybe coloring in, drawing, painting, using Play-Doh, resist the urge to say, wow, I love that beautiful butterfly you've painted. Because it may not be a butterfly. You should rather ask your child, wow, look at that, those beautiful colors you've used. What is it? Leave it open-ended because you might be truly surprised (laughs) at what comes out of their mouths. And Gooks, the other thing is, we're quite single-minded about how children play. So we say, go and get your Lego. Or we say, go and get your dolls. And we don't give our children the opportunity to mix and match different games. And I think you've heard me say already twice today, let them go and get the dolls. Let them get the Barbies. Let them go and get the train set. Let them get the Lego. Let them get the plastic animals. And you will be amazed when they're allowed to mix and match different toys. That is when the creativity really, really happens because... (laughs) Now they're going to use the building blocks to create maybe a farm with pens for the animals and they're going to build a barn and they're going to build a little building that is the the little train station that's next to the wooden train track. And it gives them the length and the breadth to actually start connecting the dots between different things. And for me, watching my children do that So those memories are some of the richest memories I have as a mother, is just walking past the door of the room they were playing in and just observing how they were connecting different things together without being told what to do. And I think it's so interesting that you say, uh, instead of saying or telling them what they're making, you must give them the opportunity to tell you. So it's not a butterfly you know, you tell me what, what is it? What, and even if it doesn't make sense, if it's a kind of half butterfly, half crocodile, um, that it be that, that it's a good thing that it looks like that. A hundred percent. And I, I've just got a lovely quote to end off with. The Wright brothers invented the air, airplane because they were willing to fly off a cliff hundreds of times. 
Edison invented the light bulb because he played around with all those different filaments. The truly creative person has an insane devotion to an idea, banging away at it from all sorts of angles in all sorts of ways. And that's what we want to do for our children. Give them time and space to bang away at their ideas. Minky, always a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Great pleasure, and I'd love to continue the conversation on Facebook in my Parenting Matters group. Anybody can join me there. That's human and human potential and parenting expert Nikki Bush.